Alright, what is going on guys? Welcome back. It is another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast. Took a week off. It's been a bit of a ride, but we are back. So, this week we've got episode number 30. 3-0, 30 episodes already. That means, uh, what, 22, 22 episodes away from uh, 52 in an official year? I'll have to go back and look at the first episode. I have actually been looking back. But anyway, this time's ep- this episode, this time's episode, this episode, I just talk a little bit about enjoying the ride and kind of recap of some of the stuff that has been going on. There is some news going on in the rally world. And I want to talk a little bit about what is going to be happening I know a little bit of information, but we are working on getting some more info from these guys. Try and be super vague and, and make it all dramatic. So, hope everybody's been having a good week. It's been two weeks off now, or, well, we skipped an episode, but we are back. San Diego been burning up. Somebody left the oven on, and it has been absolutely gnarly. So, no riding this week. You know, total fair weather rider. Well, other than that last ride, if you guys heard the last episode uh, about the roadbook experience and losing my roadbook virginity, great episode. Got a chance to ride with gnarly Dave Manriquez on one of his new roadbooks out in the high desert, and that was a blast. I learned some stuff for sure on the <laughs> on the 790. So we're working our way to find a skiddy bike now, a little more aggressively. Probably talking to Matthew Glade over at Rally Motor Shop this week and get a setup um, for a bike that I want to get. But just, you know, have everything ready to go and just bolt on and ta-da. Rally bike. Well, not really rally bike. I don't see myself competing in the rally. I enjoy spending too much time in the bivouac talking to everybody and listening to everybody's stories. But I'll run some road books, go out there, get lost right off into the sunset, you know. Get lost a couple dozen times. Have fun with it. Definitely, but but anyway, well, let's get to the show. Turn down the party here. So it has definitely been an interesting week. Checked a couple of boxes I was not hoping to check anytime soon, but you know what? Uh, we'll just go with adult life, and it is what it is. So so this time around, I wanted to talk about. Uh, I was thinking, you know, racking my brain, like, what are we going to talk about this week? Didn't get a, a a chance to get some guests on the show. I just was too sideways and didn't get it scheduled. Uh, but there is definitely some stuff to be uh, talked about in the rally world. Uh, very specifically, and I posted some stuff about this uh, last week um, on the Chasing Waypoints official Instagram. And... It was actually pretty big news, and then I saw he posted it again today, but it is official. Mason Klein is going to Dakar. He's posted his official, you know, little, you know, the little banner that you get and all of that stuff, and he is officially a competitor for the 2022 Dakar rally. So that is absolutely big news, and congratulations to him meeting all the requirements, doing all the stuff, and uh, I want to get him onto the show and talk about the process of, like, what, you know, the whole signing up thing and, and what, you know, it all all is involved with that, uh, but it looked pretty uh, pretty cool. I am sure he is excited 
Um, there are a couple of events uh, going down that are going to help support his ride to the Dakar. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, as well. I actually have more info on one than the other, but uh, that is not a problem. We can absolutely fix that. So I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's awesome to see. I, I don't know the stack. Uh, I don't know the stats on it, but I'm pretty sure that Mason's going to be one of the youngest motorcycle competitors uh, to take on the Dakar. So I'm absolutely looking forward to seeing what it is. It sounds like he's going to be going with the BAS Dakar team or Boss Dakar uh, and those guys. So I know there's been um, some work in the past with them. So I'm looking forward to see what uh, what happens there. I know he's out training and I've been following him on social media and he's out bicycling and getting stuff happening and um, getting looks like getting ducks in the row. So that is pretty awesome. I mean, it is. It literally is the countdown to the Dakar, uh, January first. Uh, let's search the Google and see uh, how many days that is. How many days to to New Year's? The official countdown. Countdown to uh, whatever that is. Uh, 145 days to New Year's. So effectively, New Year's, I think, is, is the first day of like one of the kind of all the ceremony stuff or it's like the second or third or something like that. But anyway, as far as I know and I well, as far as I care, is, is just to me, it's like, hey, January 1st, Dakar. So um, looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a great, great event. We've got uh, Ricky Brabeck on the Honda team. Uh, I'm sure he's headed back that way. You've got Skyler Howes on the Rockstar Husky team headed that way. And now you've got Mason Klein on the BAS Dakar team. Uh, if it is BAS, I'm you know, I'm I'm saying that, but I'm pretty sure that's that's who's going with. Um, but you know, we'll we'll find out a little bit more about that. So the other side of it, um, let's talk a little bit about helping get Mason to uh, to Dakar. So I know that Chris from Moto Minded has stepped up and the sale of the rally kits, um, of his rally kit for the motorcycles. He's going to be donating a portion of that, uh, to Mason's, uh, Dakar efforts. Um, so if you guys heard the episode, uh, with Skylar Howes, uh, about, you know, getting to Dakar and, and kind of what, what all is involved with that. Mason is definitely on that journey. Uh, I know that him and Skyler do talk and do work together uh, on roadbooks and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting, you know, to, to get some help there and see what uh, what shakes loose there. But uh, should be should be good. So one of the first uh, events uh, or it's an event coming up. I know that Happy Dave is working on an event uh, with uh, with Mason and, and getting that going. And I'll get more details on that and I'll share those. Uh, as soon as I have them, I already talked to Dave and he said it was totally down to do it. Um, but the other one, uh, I had a, uh, message from Mason, uh, connecting me with a Dan Bartolucci about the SoCal Roadbook rally, uh, coming up. So this is, uh, I talked a little bit to Dan about it and, uh, this is an event that's been going on. He's done, uh, two other iterations of it and it sounds like, you know, it's a pretty cool pretty cool event you know i want to say event slash ride right it's it's more about just a bunch of guys getting together a bunch of people getting together and riding some road books and he's been out doing his homework if you guys uh follow him uh on social media or see some of his posts uh, he's out in the middle of nowhere and uh after talking to him he's got quite the stable of bikes so it's ranged from the 790 to the husky to uh, a couple other bikes so 
that was actually uh, pretty cool. It was a really good conversation with him. Uh, we'll get him on the show uh, sooner or later to get uh, some more information, uh, but also uh, find out some about his history because I know that he's raced uh, he's raced the Sonora Rally uh, as well, and so did uh, did some fun there, and also uh, I believe was down at Baja Rally as well. So Baja Rally coming up to uh, September 26th through October 2nd. Uh, that'll be another great uh, event and a great time. Going six days this time instead of the normal four day or five days, uh, five stages. So that should be interesting uh, and fun. But uh, let's go back. SoCal Roadbook Rally. Uh, so there is a link. I will share this in the description for you guys to check out. Uh, but it's going to be October 20th through the 24th uh, based out of Cantil, California. Uh, according to this, to the website on Adventure Rider, uh, it's going to be 25 miles north of the Mojave. Um, so you guys will see it once you get in there. But um, there's been two other events of this. He's got a couple of pictures there of his uh, Husky and then another uh, KTM that he's uh, riding there. Uh, looks like it's going to be Wednesday, October 20th. We'll meet up and do their thing Thursday. Uh, they've got one loop. Uh, <laughs> very specifically, not big bike Renly. So, uh, unless you're Quinn Cody, Quinn Cody is allowed to do things, um, because he does things anyway. Uh, so yeah, so I will not divulge a bunch of information, but it looks like it's uh Thursday. They got a loop Friday. You've got a loop Saturday. You've got a loop and Sunday. You've got a loop. So that was, uh, well, four stages works out to, Oh, all right. All right. That's right. Better get your big boy pants on because this is look, <laughs> Uh, what? Uh, okay, without doing the super math on it, uh, I am looking at probably about 600 miles or so of road books. Uh, so that is some work. So hats off to Dan for getting out there and, and making these road books because that is not easy to do that. So um, it is a camping event so or a camping ride, so you'll be out there. you got to be self-sufficient, uh, doing your thing. Um, Rally Moto Shop, of course, got to be their place to get your equipment and stuff like that. Um, in talking a little bit to Racer X, as I will call him, uh, he did tell me that this was one of his first events in Roadbook and kind of got him hooked. So um, there's a lot of new guys there, and you guys are welcome and to kind of get uh, get their feet wet in the rally world. Uh, this seems like a good event, you know, having some people just coach and, and run around and help you and uh, everybody work together. And so I think it'll be pretty cool. Um, so let's see. We go back here. Um, we've got, uh, yeah, one of our very own local racers. Yep. Mason Klein, uh, going to be headed there. So hopefully he'll, uh, he'll be down there and, and, uh, helping people out and just kind of talking a little bit about his stuff. Uh, again, as I mentioned that I know that, uh, happy Dave and those guys, uh, and the team are going to be doing, uh, doing an event as well. So going to get some more information on that one. Um, but yeah, already got, uh, got a few riders signed up. Uh, for it, uh, got some really epic uh, pictures uh, out in the Mojave uh, with the hills and some of these trails and stuff like that. I mean, it's going to be uh, this is going to be pretty cool. I I'm thinking I may uh, just go and set up camp and just hang out, be one of those guys in the bivouac, just you know, bothering everybody and talking to them. But uh, yeah, this uh, this looks pretty cool. So. Jump on that link, jump in the description, check out the link so you guys can check out uh, some of the pictures that have been posted and get a better idea of what uh, the event is going to be like. I think it'll be really, really, really cool. So looking forward to it. Looking at some of these. Yeah, I'm just still scrolling on this, but uh, 
yeah, that's over on Adventure Rider. So anyway, uh, look for the link on the description. So uh, we got that one. We got the ride with Happy Dave, and I'm sure I'll, uh, I'm going to talk to Mason. He's working on uh, on his program and setting everything up. Sounds like in September uh, we're going to be talking about uh, about his you know quote unquote road to Dakar. And it will be interesting. I, I want to know more about, you know, the, the registration process and what he's kind of gone through and and then getting everything together. You know, it's not the easiest uh, event to uh, to get ready. I mean, I, I know there's got to be a ton of logistical stuff and a ton of the requirements and things like that that they want. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what he has experienced so far and then how the events are going and stuff like that. So. If you're building a rally bike, like I said, if you're rolling something or you want to do some traveling and do some stuff like that, uh, you know, and you're looking for a tower, do check out the Moto Minded one uh, for the KTMs. And I think it works on a couple other bikes, but uh, I'll include their link. Also jump over because this, again, is also helping support Mason Klein's effort uh, to the Dakar. So that should be good. But anyway, so moving on, I think the next uh, the next thing that we were going to talk about and I was racking my brain, you know what? What are we going to talk about this week, right? Don't have a guest. I've just, you know, I've been focused on personal stuff and and just getting it going. And um, and you know, I thought about it. It came. The idea came to me this morning, um, hanging out with a friend, and and it was like, you know, uh, this whole thing, um, you know, thirty episodes, right? Like when I started episode number one, and I heard it the other day, and I'm going like, damn, we have come a long way. Um, you know, intro, outro, now, and. Uh, the audio quality and stuff like that. And the workflow is just a billion times easier. Um, you know, I was using back then I was using Ableton live to, uh, to basically edit, uh, the episodes and, and get the, the sound just right and get everything just like, right. You know, perfect. And it was very time consuming. I mean, it literally, if it was an hour long episode, it was an hour long processing, which is absolutely insane. So for those of you that are thinking about getting into creating your own podcast and doing that kind of stuff, uh, anchors one thing for sure. I love that because I can just send it to one place and then it sends it out to the other places, iTunes, Google and pocket casts and Spotify and all these other ones. But anyway, um, ended up getting some equipment from road, uh, to record. And obviously the audio quality is a hundred times better. And so I'm, I'm enjoying that. But the thing is, is that I've really is just kind of thinking about it. It's like, you know, I've really enjoyed this ride you know, uh, thus far. And I'm not doing it as like, oh, you know, hey, this is, you know, going to be the end. This is most definitely not. I uh, feel like we're getting started still. And but, you know, in talking to, you know, um, Chris over at Rottweiler and talking to the other Chris from uh, Moto Minded and, you know, Alex Martins from Conflict and uh, Darren from Sonora. And then you've got Scotty from Baja Rally and all of these people that I've met and gotten to talk to and, and have in one shape, way, shape or form previously had but this ride of of creating this podcast and talking to so many different people uh of and in and around this you know this two-wheeled obsession uh that a lot of us share and and the rally side of things and and what we do uh has just been awesome i mean it's just been such an amazing ride so far and it's like motivating to to all right what's what's going to be the next thing okay what can we do you know how can we support uh, how can we support the local riders that are going to Dakar? How can we uh, help spread more information and help get more people interested uh, into these events? And and it's events like what, you know, Dan Bartolucci is doing with the SoCal Roadbook Rally, um, you know, rides like that where, you know, hey, here's a roadbook here. You know, go here's a group of people that are going to go camp out in the desert. Now, have you ever sat around a campfire 
or if you've ever sat in a bivouac, um, that is a whole nother deal. And, and you know, you don't even need to like, even if you go as a volunteer, right? Um, Mike Rawson, right? That is Mike Johnson's, uh, from rally comps, uh, right hand guy when they go to the, uh, the rally events and, and just talking to Rawson and, and hanging out and just doing our thing and, and just talking to him and all this stuff. Everybody's having a good fun and good time, you know, and, and flip flops talking crap, you know, whatever it is. Um, and if you ever want to see you talk to uh, you talk to Mo, Mike uh, and the Pearson brothers, uh, you get all those guys into a into one tent on the bivouac. And it's a it's an interesting uh, conversation. And it's a lot of fun. But that's the whole thing is like everybody is there. Here we go. I'm going to say it. Enjoying the ride. And that's like that's what the events are about. And thus far, that's what it's been. I talked to, um, on my, my day job, uh, I was talking to a customer, um, who used to actually was, it's really crazy. You never know who you're going to meet. Right. So this guy wasn't like on special projects for Ford, uh, based in Michigan back, you know, from some years ago and he's retired now and, you know, lives the life. And, um, and we were talking and, um, and I shared some information with him and I, you know, I love building a relationship with customers. Right. And that's just, and just building relationships in general. But we were talking and it came up and we're like, Oh yeah, you know, I, I used to work at BMW motorcycles and yeah, this and that, and you know, it's very different. The technology between the two and how things are different between bikes and, and obviously cars uh, and how it varies from them to, uh, to the company that I currently work for. And, we were talking and he said, you know, it's funny. I, oh, I got on a motorcycle once in my life and, and I'm going to go, really? And he's like, well, let me tell you about this. You know, I know you're busy, but you got to listen to this. Hey, okay. You know, Hey, um, so it was a Saturday. Uh, it was actually yesterday and we were talking about this and he said, yeah, you know, his brother-in-law bought a, uh, bought a motorcycle, uh, was racing in and was getting ready to do the Baja events and, and all this stuff. And he was like, you know, I'm going to go do it. And, uh, and he said it was, you know, the thing was pretty gnarly. So he kind of showed him the controls and did the thing. And, uh, he goes to take off and next thing you know, he's looking at the sky and, um, normally the story ends where they loop out, hit the ground. And then, you know, well, here we go off to the ER. Uh, but no, he, he said he wrote it out. He panicked and froze, but that's actually what saved him. Uh, because they was to keep the front wheel off and had enough presence of mind to not just chop the throttle, but roll off of it, uh, and get it back down. And, you know, so he comes back and obviously the brother-in-law is like, man, you know how to, you know, the, you look like you're a natural. And, 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 and you know, meanwhile, <laughs> his pants were a different story. Um, so obviously he needed a clean change of clothes after that. Uh, but the whole, like the whole thing, he says, you know, it was 30, 40, it was a minute on the motorcycle and he realized that it was a whole nother, a whole nother experience, uh, of riding and doing and, and being, you know, being out there. And so Mason, we'll go back to him in his episode. And when we were talking to him, talked about that, you know, he enjoys, you know, filling up the bike, going as far as he can go, fill up the bike again and keep going further. And that is something that has been kind of the common theme on a lot of people that we've talked to and, and a lot of people that we, we talk to adventure bike riding and stuff like that. It's like, hey, you know, I'm not necessarily I don't care about being the fastest. I just want to go ride and explore and, and do this stuff and, and go out and, and take it out. And 
when he was telling me that he's like, yeah, I realized it, that, you know, it, it's a whole nother world. And, and he said it, he saw people that have never ridden a motorcycle will never understand. And I, you know, and I thought about it and I've said it before. It's like you put a helmet on and when you go to ride, even if it's a road, you've been down a hundred times. Like you can literally name every single corner, name every single rock, you know, exactly what they look like and all that stuff. The moment you ride that on a motorcycle, that road is completely different. In a vehicle, when you turn, the G-Force pulls you the other way. On a motorcycle, when you go into a turn, you lean into the turn. And it's something that it's a feeling that completely changes the road that you're on. And it's just never the same after that. Um, and so it, it's to me, it's just like, OK, you know, it, it it's something that you want to share and, and, and want more people to experience. But now in what we've been talking about, you go back and you look at it and you go, well, you know, what what do you do to go further? OK, well, how about this? Here's a piece of paper that's got a bunch of crap scribbled on it and go follow it. And don't get lost. And we'll see you in a couple of hours. And if not, well, um, I'll I kind of know where you may be, and we'll send somebody out to look for you. You know, it's it, it it's one of those things like you go, okay, it's an, the next challenge, and it's the next ride, and it's the next thing. And and talking to this guy and saying, you know what? If in one minute you ride a motorcycle and you understand that it is a whole other world once you do that, um, you know. It's the same experience you get when you put a road book in front of you. You know, you realize that all of these years of following routes and following people that knew the routes and stuff like that uh, completely changes. The game completely changes because now it's like at any moment, like, OK, you're 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 concentrating on something else other than, oh, yeah, I'm still on the line, still on the line. You've got that instant gratification that you're, you are not lost. And the feeling of being on the road book and questioning yourself and guessing at it and, and saying, you know what, this feels right. And I did it on this one. It's like, hey, this lined up, this lined up. And I'm like, OK, well, yeah, here we go. And and sure enough, you know, you start messing with things and, and, and you're off on the wrong track, but you're out exploring, you're out seeing this. So it's not a bad time on a bike, you know. So I, I was just thinking about that. I'm like, you know, it's, it's this whole thing has just been about, you know, like enjoying the ride and and doing things and, and, and you know, and obviously is helping people, um, you know, get out into the out into the world. And so I definitely have been a proponent of of the roadbook thing and, and getting more people into rally and then getting people on an adventure bike, you know, um, and, and doing being able to do things and, and, and explore and all that stuff. So. So with that being said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working. So I realized, you know, there's, there's that point of realization, uh, where you talk, um, you, you look at it and you go, okay, uh, 790, this is the purpose that it will fit. And I was actually talking to, uh, some friends today on uh, Facebook about it. And, um, they were thinking, you know, the BMW 850 GS versus the KTM 790 is a commuter bike. And the 850 GS hands down wins as a commuter bike. Ends down. It's just the bike is comfortable, and it's just you can tell that it's been designed thoroughly for that, uh, and and also capable of being in the dirt. But uh, the 790, a little bit more capable of being in the dirt. But what you give up uh, is the streetability of the bike, and and you know, Quinn Cody and KTM and everybody they've put a lot of work into it, and so the the 790 is the dirt bike guys adventure bike the 850 gs is the guy that 
has ridden the bikes and is just interested in a comfortable ride and just wants to uh, be able to go out and explore and see a dirt road and go take that dirt road and and have a bike that's just everything well balanced. That is something that that the 850 really shines on. Is it just is it the it's better on the street than it is in the dirt. Um, but it's not a slouch in the dirt and it's not impossible to ride in the dirt whatsoever. I mean, it's still a good bike in the dirt. You just do some things to it and, and it's just like that. But for those, well, Oh, see, you got to modify. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> easy. Uh, the KTM it can quickly become a money pit. You know, you put the, the power wheel, the power, uh, power parts wheels on it. Um, you get suspension done, you get all of this stuff. The, the, the possibilities are much broader on the KTM as far as modifications that you can do and human nature. Of course, we're not going to leave it alone. So then you start putting stuff like, Oh, Hey, next thing you know, you've got a raid garage tower on it. You've got an AXP skid plate on it. You've got the raid garage lowering pegs. There's got a arrow exhaust on it. You've talked to Rottweiler. It's got an intake on it. And all of a sudden what started off as a very capable off-road bike becomes a tool and becomes almost uh, uh, something that is like a specialized, uh, specialized weapon. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you want to use that word nowadays. But anyway, so now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, you know what? Yeah, this makes sense. All right. The navigation gear is coming off of it. It looks cool. I love it. I had fun. I mean, the bike was awesome. It worked very well. Uh, but obviously, it's more of a handful. And if you're going to get into areas that are a little bit more challenging, you want to be able to conserve energy and you can't conserve energy on a bike that big when you're trying to plow through sand uh, and get that thing up on plane. Um, again, the, anytime I say that, there's the little asterisk that has the Quinn Cody, uh, you know, at the at the footer, because obviously he does some amazing things on that bike and can ride it. Like I saw they did a ride out there with the upshift guys where they were down at uh, down in Baja and did some of the washes uh, heading out to the west or uh, east, I should say, heading towards the Sea of Cortez. Those washes are gnarly. And so to do those on the 790, like one, you have to know where you're going. You have to pick the right one and you have to hope that it's not sugar sand because it could be tough. But they did it. And the bike is absolutely capable. So I'm not knocking them, not saying that it's not capable. What I'm saying is, is you got to pick the right tool for the job. And obviously the skinny bike. Right. So. So I realized, I go, you know what? Uh all right, well, the GPS is going back on it. Uh, the navigation equipment's coming off. It's gonna. I'm going to talk to uh, uh, Matthew over at uh, Rally Motor Shop. Uh, we're going to get the bar mount stuff for it, so we have uh, a way to quickly bolt it on until until we get a bike sorted, um, and then we could get a rally tower on it and that kind of stuff, and at that point probably talk to um, Chris over at uh, Moto Minded and get their setup, uh, help Mason's uh, efforts to get to Dakar. And and then just go from there. But the big thing is to say, okay, in that conversation I had right here we go, 62 tangents later, um, the conversation was, you know, yeah, but it's like for what I want to do um, and explore and all this stuff, the the 790 fits that better. I'm I am I have signed the waiver and I understand that I'm going to suffer a little bit more on the road Um in exchange for a bike that's a little bit lighter maneuverable and will work a little better in the dirt where I think it's going to be a little bit more tiring for me. Uh, 790, if you follow the videos, or I mean, excuse me, the 850, if you've seen some of the videos and some of the stuff that I've posted, 
I've had that thing, you know, uh, almost waist deep in a, in a pond. Um, and I mean, they, I'm going to say that BMW created the adventure market and I, you know, I, you could fact check it and Instagram is great at that, but, um, you could go back and look at it, but I, to me, that's what it is. So to me, those guys, BMW will always build, uh, an adventure bike. That's a, a, a tank and it's something that's, that's reliable and something that, that will just, it'll get there. Um, KTM in this case, I think builds a little bit more of a racehorse for that, uh, that general. And it's funny because I always, uh, whenever we go to the tacos or we go to wherever it is, you know, I always, you know, I try and tip the guys that are kind of looking over and then the parking and stuff and Hey, thanks for taking care of the horses. And because that's how it feels, right? It's like, you've got this particular horse that does a particular thing. And that is the fastest in this, or is the fastest in that. And that's, and so that's, I don't know, just whatever, uh, how I see it. But I think that it's time to really put things where they belong uh, with this and and just make sure that, you know, we go out. I mean, I've already started talking to the guys from Lost in Baja. Uh, we're going to be doing a ride uh, once the weather gets a little bit better. Uh, I want to I want to put something together, uh, work with them. Hopefully we, we can get some involvement with the guys from Baja Rally, um, Scotty and them, and, and just put something together. And the idea behind it is to go out, explore, try something completely different, um, and, and do this stuff. Like you have, um, when you look at uh, BMW, right, they have their the trophy, um, the GS trophy. And it, they do that kind of stuff. And I go, well, you look at KTM, and they have their adventure rally. And so I think that there's, there is a lot of people that would be interested in something like that, right? You've got the Geico Adventure Rally here in San Diego or the eastern part or northern part of San Diego, I don't know, whatever county it is, but... You have that here in the in the SoCal area, and so there's all these rides and things like that that you can go out and, and just enjoy these bikes that you've that you've gotten. Um, but it's like, okay, well, let's get the bike ready to enjoy that stuff, and then let's get a bike ready to go out and do road books. And I'm, you know, I'm gonna harp on that because to me, if you haven't already done it, um, and and done some navigation stuff and all that stuff, it's it's. It's an amazing thing that you don't, it's a challenge that is easily with a few mistakes, you learn, you pick it up and you just start getting better from there on. And I think that a lot of people should, should really try and explore that. And if you're a dirt bike rider, that's been riding dirt bikes for a long time and just kind of over the, the going fast and tired of the, you know, having to pin it and, and, and get, um, risk injuring yourself and and spending tons of money on parts and broken things and you know broken bones or broken parts you know all that stuff and and hey i'm i'm not saying that that going out and reading a road book is any easier because now you're going to be texting and driving at the same time um but writing a road book teaches you that there's times to go fast and times to sit down and navigate and so once you figure that out um, and once you get used to that and, and I ran across that with Dave and he told me, he's all like, dude, look at how much distance is between these notes, get up on the pegs and get going. And, and, and you're right. Uh, but when I ride my adventure bike, I have one speed and that's it. And because I feel like that's within my talent and I'm not going to ride in over my head because one, I don't want to be a liability to somebody else. And two, I enjoy being able to walk normally and not have to, uh, wear a cast and, you know, have somebody to wipe my ass. I mean, you know, like it's like, it's one of those things that 
Um, I just ride, I try and ride within my ability at all times, period. And if I'm out there scaring myself in the middle of nowhere, I'm not necessarily the best at that, pushing myself to that limit. But it's because I'm out enjoying the ride and having fun and, and doing the thing. If I'm in a group in a camp and it's kind of I feel like it's closed course and there's people on there, it's like, okay, well, maybe we'll do something a little dumber. But uh, until then and until the confidence builds, there's no sense in riding that way uh, for me. But anyway, going back, it's like, okay, well, now that you know, uh, now that you've tried it and, you, and, and you're going and you're thinking, okay, I've done all of this in racing and I've done all this and, and man, I love it and I enjoy going fast, but it's like, okay, it's time to do, uh, something else and, and, and push for something, you know, and, and learn a different skill. And, and this is the way I think, I, I think to do it, you know, I, for the longest time and everybody, this is where everybody unsubscribes. Um, when we were talking, uh, in the past, I was like, you know, I would love to see, uh, the guys on quads get involved in rally because there's a ton of people that have quads. Um, but yet nobody goes to the rally events, but you look at some of the other rally events internationally and there's a, guy, a bunch of guys on quads. Uh, there's a whole class for them and all that stuff. So yeah. Do you want to like, you know, <laughs> don't let your buddies catch you riding a quad, all that kind of, stuff. Hey, I totally get it. And there's opinions in this sport and in this this mark or in this community. Uh, there's opinions and opinions of what bikes to ride, opinions of what events to go to, opinions about who to talk to, all of that. Hey, you know what? I get it. But at the end of the day, it's at the end, it's like, OK, rally events. I want to learn how to navigate and I'm going to go do it. And this is the equipment that I have. Who do I need to talk to uh, to get going on this? And that's that's what you got to do. I had somebody on Instagram a few few weeks ago uh, send me a message. Hey, you know, I'm interested in getting um, getting into uh, rally. I've been following the Dakar for a long time, but I've always ridden street bikes. And you go, okay, well, there's some learning to do because riding a street bike is very different from riding a dirt bike in that everything just happens slower. Uh, and, and you move around differently and there's certain, uh, uh, basics that are just different fundamentals. So it's like, okay, well, what bike to get and what kind of gear to get and, and if you're listening, I mean, here's, you know, here's the, the public suggestions, right? Uh, first and foremost, uh, people that I've noticed that get on street bikes, uh, or get off of street bikes and, and want to get onto an adventure bike. The first thing that they want is they want to be able to firmly plant both feet on the ground. And I get that. It's a feeling of safety. It's a feeling of, you know, I have control over this machine. But the sooner you can get away from that that fear of not being able to touch the ground, the better. Uh, to me, and, and I say that a couple of things. One, you could put a lowering kit on a bike, but you're going to pay for it in suspension travel. It's, it's one for the other. So you think, oh, that's not that bad. Well understood but now you're springing you're valving you're doing all of this stuff and you're going to make it so that it's a little bit better for you um but you might pay for it in in a rougher section or in something where it could have uh caused uh could you would have been better off had you not the other is is your balance it it, it forces you to balance better if you know that you can't just stab a foot and you know you're going to be able to pick the bike up that way uh i think that happens there are exceptions to this and i will say 
Um, you know, these bikes are, are only, well, have been getting taller and are, are pretty tall. I remember the first 690 I threw a leg over. The thing was like a 30, 20, I don't know. It was like a 46 inseam. I mean, it seemed like you needed to be at least eight foot tall uh, to stand on your tippy toes. But the bike has since changed. They've lowered and they've, you know, removed some of the travel so people can do it. But if you can sit on the bike, put one foot on the ground, one foot on the peg, uh, and, you know, maybe have the sides out a little bit. It's okay. Get used to that feeling because you need to get used to balancing anyway because this whole game is all about balance. So once you get that, that's, you know, that's, I think, rule rule number one. The other one, and and this kind of came up, and, and we talked about this like when I was at BMW, right? They have the, um, they have the 310GS, right? And the 310GS is a great, uh, a great beginner bike with you know a very limited horsepower and and now you have the ktm 390 adventure and you know i'm sure there's going to be others coming but they're a great beginner bike but the thing is is that you run out of horsepower really quick when you realize that i bought this because i want to go do some uh light adventure riding and exploring all stuff but when you realize that you get on the freeway and you're wringing this thing's neck just to to go and and stay with traffic it's kind of a turnoff, I think. And I think people will quickly run out of patience for that kind of stuff. But if you go to a 850, 890, uh, a slightly bigger bike, right? And and ride and, and learn how to ride that, you know, then, then you're okay. And look, the bikes have rain mode that limit the, the traction control and do all of this stuff. And, and they have enough power to get you out of trouble as well as enough power to get you into trouble. But then again, so does a 310 and so does a 390. So you know that that's, that's there. So in my suggestion is, is, you know, step up a bike. You know, if you think, you know, I'm going to get a 250, I'm going to get something small. Okay, well, how about getting something uh, just slightly bigger than that, right? Um, you know, I was talking about WR or a uh, WR250F or the whatever the... Uh, I can't even remember the name of it. Uh, the Yamaha. I was thinking of getting the Yamaha. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and then, I, you know, after talking to a couple of people, they're like, no, don't do that. And I go, well, you know what? Yeah, my skill level is a little bit better than that. And I know that I could ride something like that, and blah, blah, blah. But the way I look at it is, is that, OK, well, you've got uh, you've got a bike now that that will last you longer, that you can ride for a longer period of time. And so step up just a little bit, you know, 450s are an interesting breed, but you know, maybe, maybe the 300 or maybe something like that, you know, I don't know, but pick a bike that you're comfortable on. But if you show up to the showroom and you're expecting to flat foot it, um, we need to work on some other stuff. And then from there gear, I don't know. You just go to the, just buy the pads, buy the, the pants, you know, if you know, you're going to be hitting the deck, don't buy the most expensive pants. Don't do that stuff. You know, buy the pants that you're willing to get torn up. If you're wearing pads underneath or if you're going to go adventure bike and you want to go full send, you know, climb has a great catalog of stuff. And, you know, so does BMW. And so does um, I think Dainese now stepped into the game. And there's a couple other people, you know, and, um, you know, of course, there's always uh, a star Alpine stars, Troy Lee designs. I'm a fan of Troy Lee uh, stuff. And and but more their motocross gear, because I know it's like, hey, I'm probably going to tear these pants up if I hit the deck and I don't want to cry about my, you know, sixteen hundred dollar pair of pants. Uh, being done but then again i will say though uh you could probably hit the deck on a pair of climbs and still not 
really do much damage to them because their stuff's actually actually good. So to me, um, the gear side of it is is just going to the pro shop and they're going to help get you into the right stuff. Where you're going to spend the money, and I will repeat that, where you're going to spend the money is going to be on the helmet. So if you you go into the shop and they're going to have a bunch of colors and they're going to have a bunch of stuff on there, you're going to be like, man, I want that one. That one looks cool. You are picking a helmet on the wrong thing. Um, I know enough about the helmet game that my experience I wore HJC I wore showy when we were doing the race car stuff and and all that stuff and I thought they fit well but that was kind of like there was only these helmets that you could get so I decided that I was going to one day when I was at the at BMW and um so you know, I'm gonna try on that. There's an awry in the corner. I'm gonna try on, and I think it's in my size. So I went over there and I tried it on, and it was game over. It was like they flew me to Italy. They said we need to measure your head, and then we're gonna make a helmet for you. That's how good that helmet felt. And I, I just said, you know what? I'm, I'm hooked. I'm gonna get this helmet. So once. Once I tried it on and I got the helmet, I realized it's like, you know what? This is very true. Spend the money on the helmet. The helmet is the investment. The helmet is the thing that's literally going to protect your noggin. Broken arms heal, da-da-da, yada-yada-yada. But hit the deck once in a helmet that's not right for you, and you're going to cause some serious damage. So save the budget for your, for your gear. Make your budget, but just understand that the majority of that budget is going to go to the helmet. And forget about, you know what, if if the helmet that fits you doesn't have a design you like, then most of them are available in white, gray, silver, black, matte black. Just pick the plain color one and put a bunch of stickers on it. Or talk to your local sticker guys, and, and I'm sure they can come up with a sticker package that you could put on this helmet uh, that will work for you. Why? Because there's nothing that is going to replace a helmet that does not fit correctly or that fits just right and being said. So you you definitely want to go that route. So the gear part is actually kind of kind of easy, you know, but but just try on helmets. The, the helmet I can't harp enough on helmet and boots. Right. I think we're probably going to be the two bigger ones. The rest, you know, just make sure you're wearing the pads and then that kind of stuff and, and know that you're going to hit the deck. So. Yeah, and don't go do your best impression of, you know, Johnny Campbell or uh, uh, I don't know who the other, Mouse McCoy or I'm trying to think of all these other, Evil Knievel, Travis Pastrana. Uh, you know, don't, you know, I said it earlier, just ride within your, hey, I don't feel comfortable at this speed. I'm going to back it down. Do not be afraid to do that. And if your buddies, you know, get on your case about it or whatever, that's fine. Because unless you have a written letter that says that they're going to pay for all your hospital bills and they're going to help make up your income that you miss out for missing work, okay, at least it'll stand up in court then. But anyway, so get a bike, get a, get you know, get the gear. Just got to do it. There's there's a lot of people, a lot of good people at the pro shops and stuff like that that can help you or at the dealerships that can help you pick the right the right motorcycle training. Uh, I'm I'm still gonna do this. I haven't done it. I'm waiting to get the skinny bike. And there's um there's two. I want to do uh one of Jimmy Lewis's schools, 
And then I also want to go um, here in San Diego uh, and talking to Travis from every single Sunday. They work with the Enduro coach here um, in San Diego County, and I want to go do one of their classes. So I'll probably do that class first, and then I'll probably sign up for a Jimmy Lewis school. And to me is, you know, if you learn a skill and you get something that you can develop and work on and grow, it makes the, the, the riding just that much more enjoyable, right? You're not as concerned about certain things and you have more confidence in yourself and your abilities. Cause that's what, it, when you're in the middle of nowhere, it's just you and the motorcycle. So if you go down the wrong road, it's up to you to figure it out. And so you want to be ready for that. And the way to be ready for that is, in a controlled environment, scare the shit out of yourself. And then, okay, I survived. I did this. All right. Let's do it again. So I think to me, you know, it, it you just got to seek that stuff out. And then once you can, just get going. But at all stages of this, the theme is still the same. Enjoy the ride. And make sure that you're having fun. And you know what? And and yeah, you're going to push yourself and there's going to be days where you're like, dude, I don't want to get on the bike or, oh, this sucks. Or, man, I'm still hurt from that time. That I, yeah, that's fine. But but if you're enjoying the ride and you remember, like, this was so cool, like, I got to see these areas that I've never been in. And this is like 10 minutes from my house. And how can it, how is it that I don't know about this stuff? You know, then then go do it. We When I rode this route with uh, with Gnarly Dave, um. I'm I'm looking around and I'm doing the tourist thing and I'm just looking at these areas that we're in and I'm just like this is amazing and I had no idea this was just two hours from my house and and it just it's one of those things that you see these hills and you see these areas and you're going up the side of this mountain and you look back into the valley and it's just like wow you know there it is this is the whole thing you know now that I've seen those trails and now that I've seen that stuff it's like okay cool but I did it on a road book and I did it, you know, without following. Yeah, following a line would have been cool. But, you know, I followed a map, right? You know, went back and did the Indiana Jones thing, right? And go back and here's your paper map and, you know, do that thing. And it just was so much easier to enjoy the ride. And so and it's so much more fun and, and so much more stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go back and see how many times I said enjoy the ride in this episode. I think that's going to be the the challenge. And then maybe we could do a drinking game on that. Uh Speaking of drinking game, we had some pretty good beers this week, too. A couple of sours. Uh, was not expecting, but uh, I think it was from uh, Second Chance Brewing. They had a gummy bear sour, which is, oh, he's drinking gummy bear sours? No. Not what I normally drink. I normally drink IPAs. Um, but I had that one and then uh, spent the weekend down, uh, not on the motorcycle, but still enjoying the ride and enjoying you know the company and, and having... Uh, friends in town and and doing that, friends and family, and just uh, getting out and yeah. And so I uh, we went down to uh, the valley, uh, Wine Valley here, just uh, north of Ensenada, north and east of Ensenada, uh, Valle Guadalupe, and just hung out and and had some great food, had some stuff down there. I'll I'll post some pictures on the uh, Chasing Waypoints it's on my personal Instagram, but I'll post some on uh, Chasing Waypoints official and. Um, just went out and enjoyed the time and, and it was just so great. And, uh, we wrapped the weekend up, uh, over in Ensenada, uh, at, uh, Wenlant Brewery, uh, for the premiere of the Lost in Baja, 
uh, hazy uh, lager, and that was it was actually really good. A little more IPA to me, um, but it was it was still delicious. So uh, that was really cool. So some good beers this week. You know, kind of took mind off things and uh, and just had fun. And so you know, enjoying the ride. So anyway, with that being said, I think that um, we covered a lot of ground on this, but the big one on this one even though we talked a lot about on this episode, was the stuff that we started with. So Mason Klein is going to Dakar. Uh, there's going to be a couple of ways to say uh, to help support him. Uh, you're going to find those links in the uh, description to the podcast episode uh, for that. And that's one will be through uh, the kit purchases from uh, Moto Minded, uh, the rally kits. And then the other one is going to be the so- SoCal Roadbook Rally coming up. Uh, in October, towards the end of October. Uh, and then I will get you the other information on the one that they're working on uh, with Happy Dave uh, as well. So we can get some more stuff on that. So uh, stay tuned for all of that. Look for the links in the description uh, so you guys can check it out and have uh, have some more information at hand. And if you're thinking about getting into Rally Raid and doing all that stuff, feel free to reach out and uh, I will do my best to get you or point you in the right direction because there is a ton of people that know a lot more about me or <laughs> like the government. Uh, no, um, that know a lot more uh, about this sport and that can be a great resource, uh, namely like, you know, Matthew over at Rally Moto Shop. Um, so anyway, uh, with that being said, we are at exactly 49 minutes and 24 seconds. Here's the outro. All right, that is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official, and, of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up, and don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week. <laughs>